Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of Hebrews. The New Testament book of Hebrews and Hebrews chapter number 11. We're going through this series of through uh, have faith in God as we go through Hebrews chapter number 11 which is often called the hall of faith because what we see over and over is by faith so and so by faith so and so and we're also reminded that he in this chapter that faith always produces action that when they do something by faith there is an action that follows after them that there's no such thing as a passive faith that if you truly believe that God is true, that his word is true, then you will show that it is true by your actions. It's a result of our trusting in God, that God is always previous. But notice as we continue on through this list, and we've already started with the faith of Adam, we continued, or with the faith of Abel, we went to the faith of Enoch, the faith of Noah, the faith of Moses. Last week we hit the faith of Abraham. And now we come, or Moses is coming up, sorry, out of order. Now we come to the faith of Isaac. The faith of Isaac. And notice with me in verse number 20. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 20. It says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark two phrases? One of them for the title, by faith Isaac. By faith Isaac, and we want to cover the faith of Isaac. But I also want you to preemptively uh, underline something else in here. Of things to come. Of things, concerning things to come. And with this, we want to see this story, this account of the faith of Isaac. Now, we come to Isaac, we know who Isaac is. Isaac is the son of Abraham. He is the child of promise. He was the child that was born of a couple who was 100 years old and 90 years old. Of a family that God had pulled out of the Ur of Chaldees. In fact, we could see several paragraphs, several verses of uh, verses previously attributed to Abraham. But by comparison, Isaac has something very small, but yet it's also still important with this idea of faith. That by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Concerning things to come. What we see here is that this is covering an incident that happened at the end of Isaac's life. In fact, the next three people, including Isaac, all have their, by faith, concerning something at the end of their life. It is always important that we finish strong. It is very easy to begin something. It is very hard to continue and to see it finished. And that includes living a life of faith. So many times in the Bible you'll see someone who started off well, but at the end of their life they faltered. They quit. They weakened 
But God is putting emphasis here in the next three people of people who are at the end of their life. And that God is marking this. But here, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Isaac concerning the things to come. Now with this, let's go ahead and catch up on history and the story. We understand who Isaac was. That Isaac was someone who was um, born of promise to Abraham and um, Abraham and Sarah. We understand, and we've already covered previously, that Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son. And we understand that Isaac had a bit of faith in there too. That if we believe that Isaac was in his 30s, Abraham's 133. And so there's no way a 133-year-old man is going to lay down a strong, strapping 30-year-old up on an altar if he didn't go willingly. And so we understand that Isaac had a bit of faith even in that incident. But as we go on, we could see that after that incident, that Abraham sent a servant to go pick a wife. Now, could you imagine being that servant that servants called in and Abraham says, I've got a job for you. I don't want my son to go back into the heathen lands, but I need a wife. And so I'm charging you to go find a wife for my son. How would you like that job? I meant... A guy trying to find a wife on his own is already a daunting job. But for someone else to find a a wife for someone else, that's a big responsibility. And so the servant said, okay. And he got his instructions. and, And Abraham said, no matter what, you don't let my son go back. Okay. And so the servant goes and we could see it uh, recorded in um, num- or Genesis chapter 26, if you're looking for the historical context. But he goes, and the whole time he's praying, wouldn't you be praying? Lord, you got to direct my path. You got to direct my path. You got to direct my path. So finally he gets to the edge of where he's supposed to go and says, All right, Lord, I want you to direct me to who this lady is. And as a test to kind of show who it is, let her be willing to give me water. And to water all of my animals, my camels. By the way, if you're not familiar with camels, they can drink a lot. And the way that wells were (laughs) dug back then, there were big, huge holes in the earth. They weren't like Timmy's well that had a little bucket on it. But they would be a big, huge uh, staircase going down. And the ladies would carry the water sometimes on their head and their shoulders. And they would go down and all the way to the bottom, go get the water, carry it all the way. It was hard work to draw water. And so he goes to a young lady and he looks at her and says, I think this is it. Young lady, can you water me and my animals? No problem. It's great. And so he finds out that she was a a relative of Isaac. Yes, he married his cousin. Um, But that's how it was. And so he finds about it, uh, meets the dad. And the dad, of course, is questioning, wouldn't you, if you were dad, to find out what in the world this guy's saying, yeah, I want your daughter to go marry my, my master's son. Sure, go ahead. I mean, wouldn't you have some questions first? And one of his questions is, how'd you find us? How'd you know that this is the right one? And he says something interesting, the servant does. He says, I, being in the way, God led me. I... Being in the way, God led me. What does that mean? Well, we understand that for God's will, so many people have a misunderstanding of God's will. They assume that if I'm finding God's will, that I'm trying to find out what's five years down the road, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. No, what you're supposed to be concerned of is are you in God's will right now? 
Are you in God's will right now? And if you're in God's will right now, it's almost like being in the center of a tidal wave. And if you're in the center of the tidal wave and you're surrendered, wherever that wave goes, you go with it, right? I, being in the way, God led me. And so, tomorrow's none of your business. You're supposed to concentrate on today. Are you doing what God has given you to do today? Are you in the center of God's will today? If you're in the center of God's will today, then the next step would be God's going to lead you to tomorrow. And if you're in God's will the next day, God's going to lead you to... Does it make sense? So finding God's will is quite simple. Are you in God's will right now? Then I being in the way, God led me. You know, God has made the Christian life to be simple. Isn't that simple? Am I where I'm supposed to be right now? I being in the way, God led me. Well, anyways, as he gives that explanation, the dad says, go ahead. So the lady packs up all of her stuff and goes with a complete stranger, not recommended for 2020. And goes and travels with her to some foreign land and meets a guy she's never met before, never emailed, never talked on the phone, never Zoom chat, never did anything with the expectation that she was going to marry this guy. You're looking up to God, aren't you? And they do. They get married. And what a wonderful thing that happens. Now, as we continue on with the story, turn with me to Genesis chapter 27. And again, I was just giving you the um, synopsis of this. But I want to show you something specific. Because when the time of life came, guess what? She came expecting and (laughs) it was time. Notice, if you don't mind, as we pick it up in um, Genesis 26 first, if you don't mind. Genesis chapter 26. Uh, 25. Keep going back. Sorry. Genesis 25. All right. Notice with me in verse number 19. Uh, Genesis 25, verse 19. And these are the generation of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife. So there's hope for some of you yet, right? Isaac was 40. And when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Pandamaram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within him. So she's having twins and they're not even wait, waiting to get out of the womb to start fighting. They're fighting, they're fist fighting inside of the womb, which probably made her expectancy very, very comfortable. And so they're fighting together within them. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? Showing that, hey, this isn't a fun thing. Why are they fighting? Well, she got what she wanted, right? She got kids and God blessed it. She got two at the same time. Uh, He got what she asked for. She's fighting in there. And she went to inquire of the Lord. So God, what's going on? I've got these, they're fighting. I can almost, you know, my imagination, I can almost see is they're like, you know, a lot of ladies say, you want to feel them kick? I could just see like little fists kind of just, that's not kicking, man. They're slugging each other. They're just going to town. Verse, so she's, she's asking God, what's going on? Verse 23, and the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb 
And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other. And notice this. The elder shall serve the younger. If you don't have that one marked in verse number 23. Verse number 23 is prophecy. Now remember God knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything. He says there's two nations in you. But notice this last one. He says the elder should serve the younger. Who is speaking? God is. Does God know what he's talking about? Yes. yes. So what is going to happen no matter what if this is what God has determined? The Yes. All right. And so what we have in this story is that this was always there. Now, did the mother know about this? Yes. Do you think she was wise enough to tell her husband and her kids? Yes. I talked to God. This is what God answered me for, that the <laughs> elder is going to serve the younger. Well, with this, unfortunately, we came to the time where there was favorites. There was a daddy's boy and there was a mama's boy. And so daddy's boy was Esau. He was red and hairy. Uh, some of you already know the story when <laughs> they're uh, putting a Jacob and they put goat's hair over him to try to fool him. And his dad felt the goat's hair. She goes, this feels like Esau. Can you imagine how hairy that guy was? If you could fool someone with goat's hair. Man, that was a hairy guy. No, That's probably where Legends of Bigfoot came from, man. This guy was just, he didn't need a coat. No wonder he loved the outdoors. And man, and he's red. And so he's, you can imagine this red-headed. My, my daughter says there's no such thing as red-headed. They're just like all orange-colored people. And so <laughs> this orange-colored hairy guy out hunting all the time. And then you got mama's boy. Who likes to stay inside and do the dishes and do all the stuff and just hang out with mama. Well, dad liked daddy's boy. This is a guy who liked being outside. This is a guy who liked to hunt. This is, they bonded over so many things. And he had a hard time having that same relationship with mama's boy. And so this is going to cause a division. And of course, as you know, the story coming up that Esau come, came in one day and he had been starving and... And uh, he says, I'm going to die. Can you give me some chili? And because Jacob's in there making some chilies. That's what lentils is, is beans inside of a chili type thing. All right. So he's making chili, probably Texas chili, not the Wisconsin noodle stuff. <laughs> and so he smells it and says, I'm going to die, please. He says, give me your birthright. Give me your birthright. Now, God had already said that Jacob, who was the younger, was going to have the birthright, who was going to. The elder was going to serve the younger. Esau was supposed to serve Jacob. But dad had already kind of raised and determined Esau's number one. Esau's number one. By the way, they were separated just by like a minute's birth. You know, they're twins. But no, nope, I'm the oldest. And he always knew about it. I'm the oldest. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright. Do you know that he didn't have to lie and manipulate God had already determined. He could have trusted God. But what had happened all of his life, he just saw daddy's boy. Daddy's boy. And daddy's the one who's going to get the blessing. So he figured he had to do something to force it to work. Remember, we live our life one or two ways. We live our life by force or we live our life by faith. 
Faith is looking up to God. God had already said what was going to happen. Jacob could have trusted God and said, hey, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm going to trust God. But instead, he took matters in his own hands and, and extorted the birthright out of his brother for a bowl of chili. Now, Esau probably shouldn't have gave it up that away, but Jacob definitely could have trusted God. And so he says, ha ha, I got it in my back pocket. I got his promise. Well, as time went on, Isaac's old. He can't see well. He's gone blind. And so comes time. He knows he's going to die and he has to give the blessing. Isaac's plan is to give the blessing to his boy. He was going to give it to Esau. And so he said, Esau, before you do this, we should have a last meal together. You should do something for me before I give the blessing. I want you to go out. I want you to use your hunting skills. I want you to go get me some venison. I love some venison. And so you go out there and you go get it. Yes, sir. I'll be glad to go. Meanwhile, mom's in the kitchen listening to this. As soon as Esau takes off, she goes, Jacob, come here. She goes, Jacob, your dad's getting ready to give the blessing. I've got a plan. Yes, mama. Now, at this time, he's not a teenage boy. He's in his 40s, still living in the home in the basement. <laughs> Mama, uh, uh, Esau, by the way, has already been married. Jacob's still living at home, Mama's boy. And Jacob, come here. Dad's getting ready to get the blessing. And I want you to get the blessing so I know how your dad likes his meat. I've been cooking for him all these years. And so I've got some meat stored aside. We'll put the spices in it and he'll eat it. He's going to give the blessing to you. But he says, but mama, I'm smooth skin. If dad feels me and sees that I'm not Esau, he's going to know he lied and he's going to curse me and I'm not going to get the blessing at all. Listen to me, boy. I got a plan. Yes, mama. And so she goes and gets a goat skin, said, puts it around him. Takes this meal. He comes back and <laughs> they obviously have different voices. But you could see Jacob kind of, <clears throat> yeah, I'm Esau. Here you go, dad. Well, you don't sound like Esau. You sound like Jacob. No, nope, sore throat's all right. Let me feel you. And he felt the goat skin. Again, how hairy was this guy? <laughs> he goes, well, you feel like Esau. All right. Well, let me eat this up. And he eats and then lays his hands on the hairy skin of, <laughs> of the cloak on him and gives the blessing to Jacob. Well, time comes back. Esau comes back and says, Dad, I got the deer. Let's go. I'm ready for this blessing. You could see the color drain from Isaac and go, what? I just gave the blessing. It wasn't you? What? I must have gave it to your brother. Do you have a blessing yet for me? And you know what Isaac did? Isaac said, yea, and he shall be blessed. Why did he keep the blessing? Because he remembered that God had said that the younger, <coughs> or that the older should serve the younger, that Jacob should have got the blessing anyways. When he realized that God got it accomplished anyways, he said, this is what God wanted in the first place. I'm going to let it stand. 
And Esau, of course, cried, why, God, why? This is a messed up story. A messed, I'm, aren't you glad you're not in that household? Yes. I mean, this is, this is an awful household. We'll cover that in just a second. But the, here, this thing by faith, even though Isaac had been passive all of his life, he never really was active. This last thing, when he gave the blessing and he realized what happened, he let it stand. He said, never mind, this is what God wanted in the first place. We should have just done it this way. You know, we can trust God. All of this misery, by the way, there's a lot of misery. Jacob realizes Esau's upset. By the way, the Bible refers to Esau as a profane man. He's a worldly man. He's not saved. His marriages have made mom and dad miserable. Um, the things that he did was not right. He was a very ungodly man. And so being an ungodly, unsaved man who just had his little brother steal his inheritance. By the way, why is this a big deal? Well, back then you had three things, especially in the lineage of Christ. They don't know it's Christ, but God had promised all the way from Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 that one of the woman's seed was going to bring forth someone who would destroy Satan, break his head. And so this was carrying through the line. It had already gone through Abraham, went through Isaac, and now it was going to go to one of these two sons. There were three things that went with this inheritance. First of all, the older would get a double inheritance. So it wasn't just inheritance. He got a double inheritance. Now part of that is that he was expected to take care of his family financially when they got old. And so that was kind of what the double inheritance was for. So he got an inheritance, but he also had enough to take care of his folks. The second of all is that he became part of the um, again, this is before Moses, that he became the priest of the family. He was in charge of the family. It was his responsibility to get their direction from God of what they were supposed to do. And then the third thing was going to be this lineage of Christ. Now, they didn't have all the details to it, but this was part of it. And so Esau probably didn't care about the lineage of Christ. Didn't really care about the priesthood, though, being in charge of the family. It was that double inheritance he stole my money. Let me tell you, I've done plenty of funerals where it came down to that money. They're fighting over the things in grandma's house and grandma's still not buried yet and they're fighting over the stuff. I mean, this makes things ugly. People look at the money. And so Esau's upset. And Jacob says, he's going to kill me. And his mama said, yeah, you're in trouble. You better run. Go to my brother. Go out of the, get out of the country. We're going to smuggle you out of the country. Take off. I mean, this is not a fun family to be with. You got a mama's boy and a daddy's boy. You got them fighting each other. You got them lying and manipulating and scheming against each other. So it's like some of your households, right? And it's rough. It's rough. This is one of those stories. Aren't you glad that God is honest with us? He didn't whitewash this and try to give us a paint, a great picture of how great the household. No, God calls it out and says, this is a mess. We're going to record it so that way you could see how much of a mess it was. Why? So that way we could see how great the glory of God was. Amen. Here is four people that had the promise of God with them, but they try to take matters in their own hands. Isaac tried to bypass God's will to get his thing accomplished. 
Esau was more than happy to get God's will accomplished or to, uh, to let dad do whatever he was going to do, but it was also profane enough just to sell it whenever it suited him. You had mama who had her own plans that her baby boy was going to get everything. And then you got Jacob. By the way, Jacob's name means supplanter or liar. How would you like to have the name liar? What's my name? Liar. Okay, well, we're going to watch you. You're going to sit next to the teacher's desk in school. <laughs> All right. So here was a nice family. A family that's portrayed here. What things should we see here? Well, the first thing I want to bring to your attention is the place that God should hold in our hearts. The place that God should hold in our hearts. Remember that God said the elder should serve the younger. That what should happen is that whatever God says, we should believe. And even if it doesn't seem like things are working out, trust him. Trust him. David was promised to be king, yet he spent a lot of his time after he'd been promised to be king running for his life. Nowhere near the throne. But he said, I'm going to trust God. David didn't lift a single finger to become king, but he was able to trust God. I don't know how it's going to work out, but God trusted. You can trust him. You don't have to force things to happen. You could trust him. The place that God should hold in our hearts. We should trust him. God wants us to remember this one thing. When man comes to the end of his life, he recognized that God should have his rightful place in his heart. When he realized he'd been deceived, Isaac had said, I blessed him. Yes, he shall be blessed. In other words, he stayed with what he knew was true and he allowed God to have his way. That can you let God have his way? Can you trust God? That's the place that we should have, God should have in our hearts. A second thing that we see here is what we've been bringing up here is the partiality within the family. This family was divided. Isaac knew what was supposed to happen, but tried to bypass it anyways. How do you deal with that home life that's a wreck, that's all messed up, when you've got one side that's fighting against the other? You have one side that's willing just to get, sell out everything for money. you got another one who's willing to lie and scheme and cheat. How do you respond to that? Do you become a bigger cheater than they are? Do you become a better manipulator than them? We have to live by faith. Can you trust God? You said, but it looks like they're going to win. Trust God. Amen. Trust God. Trust God. You know, we like saying, it's not fair. Nowhere did it say that life's supposed to be fair. Amen. But we have a God who is right and will oversee righteousness. Trust Him. Trust you know, we all have those family experiences where things were not right. Trust God. You can't do anything about the things in the past. What you could do is start from where you are and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Even if people in your home are not right, you could trust him. You could trust him. You could trust him. How do we deal with this? The only way that it could be overcome was to be have faith in God. Have faith in God. Then we could see the purpose of God in this world. The purpose of God. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in the book of Proverbs chapter 19. Let's kind of just show you the principle now. Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19, and notice with me in verse 20. 
Proverbs 19 and verse 20. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. When it's here, it's talking about many devices in a man's heart. It's talking about that he has plans, ideas, schemes. We all know people who are schemers. Perhaps you are a schemer. I know I was. <laughs> and it's one of those things you're hard to. I, if I could say this, if I could do this, if I could can manipulate this. Scheming and planning to get what you want accomplished. But you understand, nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. God can get his own work accomplished. And it's amazing how God could get his own work accomplished. Someone said, well, uh, do we have freedom? Yeah, we have freedom. But it's playing like chess against a grandmaster and you're a monkey. You're allowed to make whatever move you want. God's going to win. God knows what he's doing. You could trust him. God could even use foolish mistakes of man to still get things accomplished. God's a wise God. He's not big. You know, God is not disrupted by our foolish actions and our mistakes. Praise the Lord. He could get things accomplished. His work is going to get accomplished. Now, what is the whole purpose of this? Why is this such a big deal about this birthright and the blessing? Because the lineage of Christ. We're going to cover this next year as an entire sermon series. But God had chosen a man by the name of Abraham, the Ur of Chaldees. And from this, he had planned a lineage. It went from Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob, Jacob to Judah, Judah on, all the way up until you came to the kings. David was in this lineage. David was in this kingly line. And God said, David, from your line. And so David had a son by the name of Solomon. Solomon by the name of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, Asa, and Asa, and it goes on. Until you came to a guy who said, you know what, I'm king. I don't care what God says. And God was so aggravated with him that he cursed this man. And said, I curse anyone who's going to be blood related to this king and sits on the throne. And so the throne was removed. And now you have this lineage that goes on. Until you come to a man by the name of Joseph. Who was a spouse to be married to a young girl by the name of Mary. And you know that if there was a king in Joseph's time. He would have and should have been the king. He was directly related to, to um, David. But God had cursed this bloodline. That anyone who was blood related to this king. Could never sit on the throne. And so God let Jesus be blood related through blood through Mary. But he inherited the kingly line through Joseph. And God had a plan. And so Jesus by inheritance would have inherited rightfully so the kingdom of God. But God had also bypassed it so he was still blood related to uh, Samuel just like he promised. God knows what he's doing. And so when it came to Jacob, there was Abraham, there was Isaac, and God intended Jacob to carry through this line. God knew what he was doing. He had a plan. And this was why it was so important. God was going to have it accomplished. And there was no way with something like the lineage of Christ that he was going to allow four squabbling family members to bypass what he wanted to get accomplished. 
We can trust God. We can trust God. Even when it doesn't seem like it's going to overcome, it looks like the bad guys are going to win. Remember, anyone that's against you is the bad guy because you never look at you as the bad guy, right? (laughs) Even when it looks like the bad guys are going to win, God can get his work accomplished. Can you trust him? Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.